Hi, everyone. Welcome to Weekend at Effie's. This is Effie. I'm here with Pitar. I'm here with the Hello. dogs. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff this week. We're going to talk about movies that we criticize. We're going to talk about how hot it gets in Detroit. We're going to talk about going back in time. We're going to talk about my great aunt who ran on a lot of continents. We're going to talk about uh, doing stunts. We're going to talk about how uh, the bros cannot bang anymore, even though they banged with bussy. We're going to talk about yelling about Jeff Hardy at shows. We're talking about I, your favorite Star Wars movie. We're going to talk about my favorite Star Wars movie. We're going to talk about dementia. We're going to talk. We're going to talk about seeing Jake the Snake Roberts. We're going to talk about going to conventions. We're going to talk about Detroit, Rock City, and going to the casino. And we're going to talk about upcoming travel and excitement for being back on the road for a long period of time without knowing where your home is or knowing where your heart is much like nelly furtado when she was a bird so tune up listen in and if you're not on the patreon yet weekend at effies.com to find out more we're also going to talk about effie right at the top of the show what the fuck is effie peter i've been following my star signs and i've been told to reintroduce myself to the world just in case people don't know i think sometimes we make assumptions that like when people are tuned in here, they know everything that's going on. But sometimes I think we have to like explain to people who they're listening to, who they're talking to. Do you know who I am? You do. Probably better yes. than anyone. Yeah, of course. Uh, my name is Effie. I'm a professional wrestler. I had my first match in August of 2014. I started in the Deep South. Since then, I've been louder and gayer than most people. And that has afforded me many opportunities. I have created an LGBTQ showcase show, uh, our seventh in the United States is coming up Labor Day weekend called Effie's Big Gay Brunch. And we have done one of them internationally in Liverpool, England, along with TNT Extreme Wrestling. The rest of them have been done with Game Changer Wrestling. I have traveled uh, and wrestled in, I think, 38 to 40 states. There are a few states I don't want to wrestle in, so probably going to miss those unless I'm you know, asked to go there and paid money. I've wrestled in uh, Japan and Australia and England and Canada, and I will be returning uh, to most of those places very shortly. Uh, I've never wrestled in Mexico. I've only gone there for weddings. And my great aunt, Margaret, she ran a marathon on every single continent, including Antarctica. And so I'm trying to uh, match her by wrestling a match on every single continent. So Antarctica, what's up? Let's do it. And also South America, got to hit you up. Um, and then I think Africa will be the final journey and I hope that you'll come with me and be my African guide. I would love that. Uh, one of my friends was asked recently to go wrestle in Africa and it sounded really fun. And I think, uh, it's something that I'm, you know, most of the time I had somebody hit me up the other day. I'm wrestling in the mall of America, right? I probably shouldn't give too much of this away, but they basically said, Hey, who do you, who do you want to wrestle in the mall of America? And I'm trying not to sound like a dick sometimes. Sometimes I'm just a dick, okay? And that's what works. I'm an opinionated dick. And I, my mom said, uh, why weren't you? That's my dog, Bebop. Uh, he's a guard dog. Hey, buddy. Buddy, come here. Leave him alone. Come on. That's my dog, Bebop. And then um, your dog, Lucy, is here. She's beautiful. She's a beautiful angel. They both are wearing bandanas. And Bebop is very... Come on. Dropping his toy Dropping his toy. Go get your toy. You can't bark at everyone and be mad you have a toy. Am I going to have to close your window, dude? Bebop, come here. Hey, 
Don't just look at me. Come here. We're doing a podcast. Come here. No. I don't need protection. He's a guard dog. He's a guard dog. He's a rat terrier and cattle dog. My other dog, Cranberry, is at AJ's house. Uh, and having two different houses is actually incredible. It's been magic. I love it. I sometimes don't want to go all the way over there, but also sometimes I can leave my space a little messier than he would, and it's okay. Yeah. And we're kind of, I don't know. I, you know, you're not, there's terms you're not supposed to use, but we're sort of like, what do you call it? Like, tra- we're like traveling people. I don't, I don't want to use a, an ethnic slur here. Oh, yeah. We're like traveling. We're like caravanners. Know, we're caravanners. And I think that's a beautiful life to have. And in order for us to keep our sanity, uh, we have separate spaces now. It's beautiful. But Cranberry's not over here every day. She's over here a lot, though. We love Cranberry. And Bebop is very young. And I hope a good playmate for Lucy because they're rowdy. They're kissing now. They're kissing on the face. All right, well, welcome to Weekend at Effie's. <laughs> this is our podcast. Uh, Pitar, I'm here with you. Hello. My trusted companion. Uh, you used to live on top of me, and then you found out about the demons, and now we're inseparable. Mm-hmm. And I think it's beautiful, and we are, you know, we were having these conversations before we had a podcast. The dogs are just going nuts now. I love it. Um, and we realized these were interesting conversations to have. And you were on another podcast, and I was not. And now we've come together and formed our own perfect union of sharing these stories with the world. And now you're going to get... And I want to apologize, because I said, oh, you've never been in the storm of it. But you have come to a show in Atlanta. And I think... Yes. That's something. But I also think I'm about to put you in the storm this Labor Day weekend, uh, coming up for the Big Gay Brunch, etc., we already revealed some things on the Patreon. If you're not on the Patreon, you're missing out. You're going to get videos, which I forgot to film this weekend in Detroit. Uh, you're going to get early episodes. You're going to get mini-sodes. You're going to get dog footage. You're going to get to ask questions on the podcast, of which I think we have a few this week. And you're going to get uh, behind-the-scenes things like early announcements for the Big Gay Brunch. A lot of the stuff that's been announced, they knew it first. They knew it before anybody else. So you want to be on top of things? You want to get a merch discount code? Weekendateffies.com. Get on the Patreon. Join us. How was your weekend, Peter? Fine. Yeah. Fine. I mean, fine is sometimes all we can ask for. Yeah. I'll tell you this. It was very nice to be home Saturday and Sunday after having gone to work already. Because I went to Detroit, which was the home of SummerSlam this year at Ford Field with an estimated, and this is their numbers, not mine, 40 million people attended SummerSlam. No, they said like it was 90,000 or something. I don't know. It was crazy. Maybe it was 50,000. I don't know. There was too many. They made up some numbers, Peter, and they're commonly going to do that. But I got into town, and I worked Thursday and Friday, and then I left Saturday morning, and it was 100% the right fucking move. You know? Oh, but do you? So SummerSlam happens every year. It happens every year. Okay. WrestleMania happens every year. Okay. They really have a pretty set pay-per-view schedule. But the big four are Royal Rumble in January, uh, WrestleMania around tax season, SummerSlam in August, and then Survivor Series, which is their traditional Thanksgiving time pay-per-view 
And the old version of Survivor Series was you just randomly do five on five or four on four teams, and it's elimination matches. Who will be the sole survivor of the Survivor Series? And I just want to say, as far as <laughs> this dog is going nuts, as far as interesting matches, Survivor Series matches are about the least interesting matches. Okay. <laughs> They're just, it's just boring. Everybody does their little shine, and then they take a finish and they get out of there. And it usually is done to promote furthering storylines into Royal Rumble season and into WrestleMania. Uh, but WrestleMania is typically the season finale is the way it's looked at uh, in the WWE universe. Mm-hmm. In my life, there is no season finale. It is a constant go forward of nonstop action. Now, with us changing the schedule a little bit on releasing, for the main public, you're going to hear some of these dates after they've happened. I love this. I'm smiling for the camera while this goes on. We are back to filming. <laughs> she sounds like a devil, but that's because she's Lucifer. And honestly, she's adorable and wants to be held. The number one reason she's barking in the house is because you're not holding her like a baby. Yes. And she's not a little girl. No. But she's a little girl. No. <laughs> but she's All a little. 45 pounds of this little lady. <laughs> she's perfect. We love her. She's wearing her bandana. Both of them are wearing their bandanas today in cute solidarity, but I swapped their bandanas. She was wearing she the white one. so cute in the pink. She looks so cute in the pink. The pink bandana on her is... Bebop doesn't like his pink bandana because he's like a manly man, you yeah, know? Yeah. But, but Lucy is just he, like Bebop's a feminine also beauty. upset that we've been outing him on the podcast lately. Yeah? Is he... As a little humper? As a little gay bop. Yeah, he might be gay. I'm not just saying that because it's my dog. He might be He might be a gay dog. It's okay. We accept you fully for who you are, Bebop. Bebop, you can wear pink bandanas. It's okay. But sometimes he wakes up in the night and he's... And AJ doesn't believe me. AJ's like, he never humps. I was like, nah, he humps. And I've put a kabush to it very quickly. Which I feel bad because I'm supposed to be a very like you know, sexual freedom and, you know, beauty and happiness. But if you're going to hump near me, Bebop, in this fucking full-size bed, I went with a smaller bed so I could fit my whole fucking Twitch studio in this mm-hmm. in this house. Uh, can't do it. Not going to have it. No more humping. Hump Bop. Hump Bop, or as I call him, his full proper name, Ribopert. Ribopert? <laughs> Ribopert. The short version, Bebop, which is sometimes I've just been calling him Bobby. I Bob is really funny for him. Bob is funny. Yeah. Bobby. He looks for Bobby, so I can't. But it's also the, kind of the opposite of Bebop. Bebop, mm-hmm. Bobby. Uh, Cranberry, also the referee of these dogs. We let them sort of just be crazy sometimes. And they make noises that you've never heard in your life. And they go a little wild. But Cranberry gets a little nervous when they get... She's the referee. Yeah. She wants to make sure everybody's safe. She's the peacemaker. Peacemaker, yes. Starring John Cena. Uh, solidarity to those striking at this time. And you know what? I still think The Rock is a piece of shit, even if he makes huge donations to SAG. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. The only reason he's doing it is because Black Adam did so poorly yeah. that he has to go back on his word. Make better movies. Yeah. Also, you had to bow down to Vin Diesel. Uh, AJ kept calling Jason Statham Vin Diesel. In the Meg 2. You can listen to our mini-sode. We talk about the Meg 2. We are criticizing movies. We are not crossing the picket line like Sonic, the fucking scab, who we also discuss there. Uh, but it is film is something that I love very much. I think you love it very much, too. And 
I think that I would be a worse wrestler if I didn't love film. There are a lot of wrestlers who only watch wrestling. And because of that, their matches are ass. And they believe that pro wrestling is the story being told and not the method of storytelling. And once again, I'm not going to help any of these idiots get better at this anymore. I stopped doing seminars because I would give them all the information to succeed. And then they would just not do any of it. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I made a few hundred bucks doing a seminar. But also the frustration that is underneath all of this of watching people not listen to me and then still just go in circles and be ass at what the actual job is. I can't do it. I can't put up with it. Uh, clearly they don't give a shit about actually entertaining the audiences who have paid money to come see this. No, we're not going to lick ears, Bebop. All right. Well, uh, I was getting into the dates. These release on Monday. So a lot of the dates you're going to miss, like these first three dates that I'm bringing up, the mini going to hear about them, but by the time you get this on Monday, uh, or I guess the early release, Bebop, come here. The moon is in Gemini. By the time you hear this on Monday, these dates will have already happened. On Friday, I am in Los Angeles for GCW against Jacob Fatu, the Samoan werewolf. I showed you a picture of this guy? Maybe. I don't know. Very scary fella. I think a lot of people think I'm going to die. Uh, I might. Uh, Saturday, though, going up to Edmonton, Alberta, Canada again to take on Ava Lawless for the top talent heavyweight championship. And I'm on a victory streak there. I won my first match there against Raiden the Destructor. Okay. And then Sunday, I'm returning to Minneapolis for beers and brawls. This is a big show at a brewery. It's incredible. And I'm doing a no holds barred street fight. Alley Catch and Effie, Bussy, taking on. Darren Corbin and Heavy Metal Lore. Both of them have victories over me. Darren Corbin has made me bleed my own blood. Someone is bringing me a toaster to beat his ass with. So if you think this is going to be out of control, you're fucking correct. It's going to be out of control. Could you drop them in like one of those beer vats or however they make? I don't want to. I don't want to infect their beer vat with human. True, but they do have some of the best root beer I've ever tasted in my life. And last time they saved me a bunch of food. So. No complaints there. It's a great yeah. time. Beers and brawls. Uh, it just here's what it sounds like. It sounds like I'm gonna bleed a lot this weekend. Okay. The last time I was at Top Talent is when I did the skewers in the head, and someone said, and thumbtacks as well, and tables and a trash can on my head. And someone said, "How do you make the skewer? Like, what's the trick to the skewers?" And I felt like an idiot saying, "You just stick them in your head. That's the trick." Uh, after that, though, I'm going to be returning to Hood Slam in Oakland the following Friday. Uh, the 18th of August, and then I will be taking a very quick flight over to uh, Atlantic City with Dark Sheik to attend Homecoming Weekend in Atlantic City. And I have not been to Atlantic City since March, I want to say. Damn. Yeah, I skipped out on TOS to do some Pride Month shows, and now I'm returning to Atlantic City to the showboat. Uh, Thrissy vs. Macizos has been announced. The other matches for Sunday have not been announced, but I think we will have a very good time. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. I will have Wrestling is Gay shirts at all of these shows. I'm hoping they get here by tomorrow. UPS has them on the way. Uh, We are doing the purple tie-dye with the yellow because the Lakers colorway was the most popular one I've ever done. It sold out faster than anything else, and people keep coming up to me at shows, Peter, and going, where's the Wrestling is Gay shirts? And I go, they're available online. You can get them there, but I realize... I could just have them. I could just have them at the shows. You know what I mean? It make things a lot easier. So I have a lot of them coming. Hopefully some of them will survive until Big Gay Brunch at the end of the month. But after homecoming, I'm going to Australia. 
And I bring this up because they just announced my match for Brisbane, and uh, I am doing a triple threat against one. I think his name is Bobby Bishop. I might be making that up. But the other opponent in the match is just named Cockroach. And uh, you know me, Peter. I have a cockroach tattoo that I did not fully think through when I got it. Now, I thought it through in the sense of I am fascinated by cockroaches, right? In the South especially, they're going to show up. They're going to be there. Uh, They survive in extreme temperatures. They're going to live in your house whether you want them there or not, and they will outlive everything else. Like, I am fascinated by the fact that they disgust people, but they are truly, they don't care that you're disgusted by them. They're going to keep living. And I have a cockroach on my top left thigh, which I did not realize if I'm ever engaging in consensual sexual activity, that you are likely going to see a big cockroach uh, next to my bits. And... You know, thank God I have a long-term partner now who is understanding because it used to sort of be like back in the day, it was like, well, first they have to understand why I have weird feet tattoos and then they're going to see my cockroach. And it's just a lot of salesmanship that you have to keep doing throughout the the evening as things progress. That's just not always worth your time. So it's uh, it's actually going to be nice to be in the ring with a cockroach. Did you get the demon schedule just so people would stop asking questions about the rest of your tattoos? Because it's kind of <laughs> like a conversation ender. My mom listens to this now. I really oh. got the demon schedule so people would stop inviting me to church <laughs> because there's not there's not a good reason. To be like, well, you know, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna go to church. But once you have pledged to a demon, and it's on you, you can just kind of pull that up, and they go, oh God, and you go, yeah, can't go in that church. I'll still occasionally go for a wedding, but let me be honest: if your wedding uh, has a reception and a ceremony, I'm skipping the ceremony. I don't want to fucking yeah. watch the. That's for y'all. Yeah, you're inviting me to celebrate with you at a party. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't need to be there for you to, to tell each other secrets or also, whatever. Don't have weddings. Yeah, what a waste. What a waste of money. I can't imagine, like, if I had an extra five grand right now, and that's a very low price for a wedding. That's a, <laughs> that is me skimming yeah. by with 10 guests and hoping the cake is do- is donated. Uh, it would not go towards that. I love AJ very much. I think it's beautiful when people get married, but what a fucking waste of money and mm-hmm. supplies and my time. I don't have a lot of Saturdays open. My best friend got married on a Monday in Florida, before I got arrested. <laughs> well, I guess I got arrested first having edibles that I was bringing him for his wedding, which are legal in Florida. Didn't make it to Florida. Uh, and he said, it's, it's for two reasons. One, so you can attend as one of his best men and two, so no one else will attend, <laughs> which I was like, fuck yeah. Like this is genius. He's like, I don't want all these, I don't want to pay for all these people to come to my wedding. I want like 40 people. And that's even too much, you know, like, we're just going to do it at a brewery and have a good time on a Monday. And I said, genius. Perfect. Wonderful. Uh, if you're getting married on a Saturday, I won't be there. Sorry to tell you. Got things to do. Uh, going to Australia after homecoming. So I'll be home for like a day or two in between. Sorry, pal. And then I'm going to go to Australia. And then I'm going to come home. And then it's going to be time for Big Gay Brunch. Uh, I will be working Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of that week. And then Sunday, we have a very special surprise coming, Pitar. A very special surprise that you will be in attendance for, and I'm going to make you come to my signing as well. Okay. I have a signing that morning all day, and then we're going to do a special secret surprise that has not been announced yet. The other announced live shows that have been announced, people are going to put this together now, RJ City is doing a show, and Danhausen is doing a show, and there's also a Tony Khan interview. Oh, it's R-O. 
RJ City, not AJ City. I don't know. I don't give a shit. Call him what you want to call him. Okay. You know? I don't know. He's a very sweet boy. He's probably, I think he's a time traveler. I think RJ City might be a time traveler. Potentially. Like a 1920s. So he's just like a personality. So he used to be a wrestler. Okay. He wrestled a lot. Okay. And he was like, nah. Like one time we were supposed to have a match before COVID canceled everything. We were actually supposed to have two matches before COVID canceled everything. And one of them was with David Arquette, who is one of his close personal buddies. He told a story this week, RJ City did. I'm going to steal his story because I don't give a fuck. Uh, He had become friends with the late Paul Rubens. And... David Arquette said, RJ, we should get Pee Wee Herman trunks. And RJ City said, I don't think Paul Rubens is going to like this. And he said, well, I'm just going to get them made, and then he'll definitely like it once he sees them. And they were very well done, like the Pee Wee suit with a bow tie. like. And then Paul Rubens saw them and said, absolutely not. <laughs> and said, do not wear those so for wrestling. Funny. This is not, we're not doing this. <laughs> this is not what this is for. RIP Paul Rubens. Um and, you know, a hopeful RIP to people who don't understand uh, what his legal troubles were and what his issues were. Because I even had somebody text me about, didn't he do this and this? And I said, no, no, that's not, this is false. You're reading into falsehoods. I just want to say, if you go to a jerk-off theater for adults where you jerk off and you try to entrap people, um, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. cab. Yeah. There was no other issues. If you read of any no. other issues, they were false. They were... They mixed news stories in with his. It was just, it was a lot of tragedy. We need more weirdos. Uh, I am always enthralled by how fucking strange, and there's only one Pee Wee Herman, you know what I mean? And it is something that I hope we can have more of, and I continue to push myself towards wanting to leave adult entertainment altogether and move towards doing weird children's shows. People are like Effie. You're like an adult. You're like an adult guy. Like a, it's like sexy stuff. I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm so tired of entertaining adults most of the time. Who just like are they've got notebooks out and they want to like rank things with stars and they want to talk about referencing the olden days. Like, go fuck yourself. I want to entertain people who want to be entertained. Kids always want to be entertained. I feel like the art of wrestling could be brought into children's entertainment in a very fun way. That hasn't been done before. I keep moving towards that in my mind. And I don't know what's going to break the camel's back. But I imagine I'm actually going to have more success in that avenue than I am in anything else. You know? Think about like it's Yo Gabba Gabba meets yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. I think it's going to work. Yeah. I got I, Mark Cuban. Hi, Mark Cuban. Hi, Sharks. It's me, Effie. Uh, first, I need $500,000 just for existing. Y'all can't even believe what I've done with my life. And then I'm going to need another $500,000 to produce 20 episodes of the greatest children's show of all time to which you can sell it for whatever you want. I'm going to get my friends together. We're going to do some costuming. We're going to go talk to the puppet museum and we're going to make the greatest pro wrestling show for kids that teaches them about humans and humanity and life uh, that you've ever seen. And then Mr. Wonderful is going to go, I'm out. And then Mark Cuban's going to look at me with that eye and he's going to go, you know what? Honestly, I don't. Let's do it. Let's just do it. I think this is great. This is great. So we're working towards it. Pitar, I hope you will help us film it. Of course. Uh, because there's nothing I like better than hearing you roast how bad some of the camera work is in professional wrestling, right? Like that is. It's a lot of it's terrible, and it's just 
You There's know, no reason. It doesn't cost anything more. You just get better people. You know how mad I am sometimes where I'm doing things that are specifically supposed to be seen by cameras? And shout out GoPro. They're not usually the problem here. There's other people filming uh, at other shows. GoPro has been wonderful and professional and great, and their lighting is good. They just miss things I'm doing that are very necessary to the match that are not like, it's not like quick stuff. It's just like very, like, if you were paying attention, it would make everything make more sense. And the live audience certainly got it. And then they just, I watched the film back and I go, oh, they just completely didn't film mm. that part at all. Damn. Yeah, a little frustrating as a as a performer. And you even let them know. You go, here's some things we're going to be doing so you can catch it. Yeah. So you can see it. <sighs> we haven't even gotten into the wrestling yet. Thursday night. I went to Detroit. Now, who would have guessed? Obviously, there's a chance, right? Jake the Snake Roberts lives in Atlanta, and he travels to a lot of places. But for the second weekend in a row, I was in the same space as Jake the Snake Roberts, in which we're never in the same space. Like we don't, we're not, we're not like boys. We're not like hanging out. We don't like see each other all the time. But he was at Savannah Comic Con the week before, and then he was on my plane on the way to Detroit, and. I wasn't in first class, but I was in the seat behind first class, like Comfort Plus. And I liked, I think it blew his mind a little bit. Because, you know, he's like, ah, here comes indie wrestler number seven. And I, he's like, seat nine. And I'm like, seat 10. I'm like, yep, I sit here. And he kind of looked, but kind of gave me the look back. Like, all right, okay. I got a lot of miles, Jake the Snake. Uh, we talked about the cons. He said he didn't have that much fun at the con. I'm not like, I'm not like trying to out him as like, and I said, I had a great time. And then I thought, I know how much money you made at that con. If you didn't have, I would have, there's, if I made that much money in a day, it's very hard for me to, to say I didn't have fun. But I guess, you know, like, he's also in his 60s now. Uh, he's done this a very long time. He's seen a lot of people come and go. I can understand why it's a little bit frustrating uh, to just have to sit all day and wait for people to come up to you when you want to be in the middle of the action, you know, you want to be doing stuff. I also complimented him on his interview with RJ city and he just kind of no sold it. I was like, your interview with RJ city was hilarious. And you're like, Oh yeah. Uh. That was sort of the response. And I kind of like, I cherish that, you know? Um, now I've had a bad habit recently of just getting a rental car and then charging people for it. But really it's cheaper than me Ubering places. Because they'll be like, oh, just get an Uber. Well, one Uber is like minimum $30. One rental car day, 46 bucks. I got a deal. Can't really go into details. Might go to prison for it. I got a deal. So I rented not a, what was the one I got last time that I couldn't fit in? A, a Camaro? Camaro, yeah. yeah. I got a Dodge Charger. It's like a Camaro for grownups, okay? And I was in Detroit Rock City, Motor City, USA, home of the film Barbarian, and I said, you know what? I don't have to be anywhere for a while. I'm going to go have a real fun day. So I went to Five Below and got a towel. Decided that sounds weird. <laughs> I went to Five Below and got a towel, and I went to the gym. And I worked out. I sat in the sauna as long as I wanted. I went back in the Dodge Charger. I ate a cheeseburger or two. And then I took a nap in a parking lot. And you know what? For some people, they'd be like, that sounds kind of sad. You sat in the parking lot and... Yeah, I did, and it was so great. I listened to podcasts with the air on, and I just put that seat all the way back, and I looked around, and then I said, oh, now it's time. I take a little nap, and I went to the brewery. The whiskey, what is it called? It's not called a brewery. A whiskey distillery? Distillery. I went to the distillery 
to go back in time for old wrestling. Now, my ancestors, my great ancestors, I was actually, this is great because my co-star today, can't make it up. It said a few things to me, and I'm not saying it's true. I was told to surprise myself. Um, maybe I missed it. Maybe it was yesterday. Something I, was telling me to honor my ancestors. I deleted CoStar off my phone. Why? Because it was I had two incredibly bad days, and it was just giving me all this like "go get it, girl" kind of shit, and I'm like, "Fuck you!" But see, you weren't going to get it, so I was trying to help you do it. There was there was nothing to be helped on. You ever get those co-stars where it's like, don't do anything today? I love those. Yeah. And I won't. I just will listen. You know, my God is an app. My God is an app. And you know what? Co-star today, you know what it said? It said, surprise yourself. And you just surprised me. So now I have to surprise myself. Come here. Bebop is such a guard dog. Uh, Whatever. I thought it said to talk about my... Keep using it. I just, I feel it's... The time has come for me to rely not on the AI. But well, you have a deeper depth of knowledge. You have a little more reference. I have to come to you and be like, what's up with the moon, man? Well, you did reach out to me the other day and you were like, what the fuck does this mean? Because it was like, get ready for it. And nothing was going on. Yeah. Well, actually, I think I figured it out because I ended up handling a lot of business all at once, uh, like across the board with different people. And... I thought get ready for it was like there was a big like a tragedies ahead. Yeah. Same thing of like you haven't woken up by noon. You must be dead. It's like you're just going to the worst case. I think that's why I, I don't want it anymore. Because it I, just I makes would, you make dramatic predictions. Yeah, probably. And I'm detuning my media intake at the moment again because the, the X app has been a lot lately. I'll tell you this. It is. I am not getting the same interaction. The same people are not there. I've put a few things up on threads, but I'm also sort of realizing the more time I spend on these apps, and I kind of have to in some ways to promote things and put things out, and thank God I linked my Instagram and my Twitter, I mean my Instagram and my Facebook, because now I put up an Instagram and it just goes right to Facebook, it looks like I'm taking care of it. I got on my personal Facebook the other day, and I looked in those messages, and I was like, oh God, I'll never do this again. This is horrendous. Who are these people? Because it's like people you know asking for things you don't want to give them or people you don't know finding you somehow in your personal world. And you're like, neither of these things is working for me. Uh, Fuck Facebook. I'll still update my fan page. I'll put dates up. I'll do things like that that I can do through Instagram. But other than that, like, woo, that is a cesspool. But it all kind of is. And I end up like, Especially right now, I end up reading things. Like, I had a girl the other day where I put up the picture of me with my face shaved, right? And her response was something about conservative Effie. And I was like, I gave a pretty short response. I was like, hey, let's not do that. And then she responded with that meme picture of all of the, like, conservative profile pictures. And I just fucking blocked her. And I didn't even think about it. And I went back later and she was like bitching about, I can't take a fucking joke and this and this and blah, blah, blah. And I shouldn't even look because I blocked her. But I was like, now hold the fuck up. I told you not to do this. Like you are referencing the fact that I look like people who would take away my own rights and the rights of my friends and family and would consistently be racist, homophobic, misogynistic, transphobic, all of these things that I'm completely against because I shaved my face and I told you not to reference it and you continued doing it. Go fuck yourself. And then they said, 
Well, it's not even his real personal account. This is his wrestling role play account or wrestling like character account. Guess what, bitch? Effie is Effie. Okay. Effie is Taylor. You're correct. Uh, Effie is not Taylor. Maybe you're correct. But also, this is my only fucking Twitter. And if you're going to do this shit, I'm going to take it personally. And I realize the larger picture here is I'm just like, I can't read context into text without going like, is this a fucking attack? Are you coming for me, bitch? When usually it's pretty calm. But my responses to things lately have been, uh, as I told Janela himself, I said, sometimes I just go a little too Janela on Twitter. We're like, Janela will not take shit. And I'm very like, sometimes I, especially when I was smoking weed, I was like, ah, like, you know, just let it go. But now I'm like, nah, hold up. Nah, you can't just get away with saying whatever the fuck you want. I'm going to call this shit out, uh, which I think is a negative on my mental health. So I think I should go there less. I think I should pay less attention to people responding. And I don't owe everything a response. And I don't owe you being able to follow my account. I don't give a fuck. I used to be like, well, you don't want to turn fans away. I don't give a fuck. I got enough fans, okay? Got enough cool people. I don't need people who aren't cool. I'm not holding on to you here. That's just how I feel. So maybe we all reduce our social media a little bit. Maybe we take in the real world. Maybe we, you know, have a fungus salad here soon. I've been looking. Do you have a source? Probably need to talk to Jim again. Oh, yeah. I feel I feel bad because I haven't talked to Jim in a long time. I know, but it's also like, I don't Are people like that your friend, actually? Or is it a business transaction? What are we doing? I don't know. I really like Jim and he brags about me to everyone. And then I haven't talked to him in a long time. Yeah, I don't so. know. I'm gonna. I got. I'm gonna. I have a a fence. I have a fence that we can go to Jim okay. through, that has been very helpful for okay. me. So, and you know him too. I think. Okay. You know, no, nah, I'm not using names here. Yeah. No, let's, <laughs> we'll. we'll we like, have a lot of friends, and they all know everyone. Yes. What a time! What a resource! So I go back in time for old wrestling. Now, Pitar, this is what I was worried about. I. And performing as the character Effie Davidson. And to mm-hmm. honor my ancestors, I want to bring up again, my great-grandpa Carl Weidenhouse exploded in a speedboat accident, okay? So for me to be a motorcycle daredevil, it's not that far-fetched. It's not that out of the realm. I referenced uh, my Aunt Margaret, Margaret Haggerty, at the beginning of the show. Not bullshit. She literally ran a marathon on every single continent and ran up Mount Kilimanjaro twice, as an old woman. She didn't even start running until she was 60 when she gave up smoking. So if you think your life is over, just know Margaret did everything after 60. And when my other aunt Colleen died, she snuck into her house with her boyfriend, Richard, who was 82 and they stole her church organ through the front door. They climbed through the window and then stole her church organ through the front door when they were ages 80 and 82 respectively. Holy shit. She was fucking crazy. Uh, and so am I. <laughs> so yeah, it's nice to know. Everybody was always like, be careful. Margaret's a little crazy. I love it. I fucking love it. She was nuts. I said, Oh my God, you're climbing Mount Kilimanjaro Aunt Margaret. And she said, I've already done it before. I think I've told that here on the podcast, but it's, I need you to just understand there is this, uh, vibe in my family of sort of like, I don't give a fuck. Like I'm going to do this shit. And are you surprised you dummy? But yeah, Carl died in a fucking boat, a boat explosion, which, you know, like could be worse. I'm sure it was pretty quick, but also, yeah, it makes sense. I'm a little bit of a daredevil here. It got passed on through the generations, much like the leprechaun flute. Uh, F E Davidson, the daredevil. Now the first time I did this character, here's a few notes. I had a real motorbike and then I almost ran a woman over. And so I was not allowed to have 
a motorbike anymore. And also the other venues wouldn't really like it didn't make sense, but it sounds better if you say they had to take it away from me. I also have gained a little weight. And this isn't bad, like I said, but I could barely fit in these fucking denims. <laughs> like I am thick and juicy. I've gone from 190 pounds in I guess probably March to now I am 225 shoot on the scale. Damn. I'm throwing up weight. I'm benching bigger. I'm eating bigger. I feel phenomenal. My body feels great. I feel a little heavier running, but like my cardio is insane. But the the jeans were a little bit tight. And I said, holy shit, I have to get in these jeans tonight. I got to wrestle as F.E. Davidson. Got the boots, got the jeans, could not get knee pads under those jeans. So I said, let's be cautious. Uh, and then it's a hundred fucking degrees in this distillery and I'm wearing jeans, boots, a tank top, and then a large wool motorcycle sweater from the twenties, like a vintage thing and a leather hat that has no breathability and then leather gloves. And I am also miming having a motorcycle. Uh, I, my opponent for the evening is Babyface Moretti who is Magnum CK, someone I've always wanted to get in the ring with, who is a theatrical fucking magic, giant, sparkle robe, crazy, but this character just got out of prison, and he's going to try to be a good guy. I I said to him, I said, do you think people are going to buy the bike? Because I'm fully miming the bike. I walk the bike out, I get on the bike, I vroom around the room, I bring the bike in the ring, he kicks over the bike at one point, he said, definitely, they'll follow in for it. And so I said, we'll find out in the opening spot where I he reaches a hand out to shake, and then I skirt the bike over and run over his foot, and he has to pretend his foot's gotten run over. They were fully invested. And one of the biggest cheers I got was after he kicked my bike over and threw away the keys. I had extra keys, and I picked, I've muscled my bike all the way over the top rope and brought it in to do my comeback. It was so hot in that outfit, but by the time I ripped the sweatshirt off to my my uh, underneath tank top, I was all muscled up and oily and hot and sweaty, and it really worked, and I lost my voice almost vroom vrooming, because I was just constantly to the point where I was like, I might actually lose my voice. This is not good. but the match itself was so much fun. And a lot of people uh, who I know from my stream, who I know from listening to the podcast, came there for the first time. And that was their first indie show they'd ever been to. Oh, that's awesome. And it's just a ridiculous fucking show to go to where, like, I love being Effie, right? But there is history to Effie and there is expectation of Effie. And I have to go and be Effie all the way. And in this character of F.E. Davidson... I can do whatever the fuck I want and I can just perform. And so I was getting to do things as a performer that had no real like connection to Effie and it made it so much fucking fun. And it was just like, as I described it, it is the, like the nucleus of what pro wrestling is as a performance art, which is I have all the skills. I have all the training. I don't have to adhere to a certain character, but I'm also creating the rules to a completely new character that I've been in before. I know how to work this character a little bit, but there's something so freeing about like, they're not going to be reviewing this for the website. It's not going on the cage match. Like it's like a, it's a very casual thing that makes you want to put even more effort into becoming this person. And plus 
I got to tell Magnum CK at the end. I said, listen, CK, we've always wanted to wrestle. Little did we know it happened 80 years ago in our ancestors' spirits. And we had never even remembered this past life that had come to us and had been a part of our journey all along. It's not that we wanted to wrestle. It's that we knew in our hearts that we had before and we were trying to meet each other again. Uh, this match had one pin. I said, I said, bro, do you think it'd be funny if there's only one pin in the whole match? And so the finish, I don't want to spoil this for people because it will be out on VOD somewhere. I said, the finish is I'm going to do the greatest stunt of all. And I'm going to, I'm going to jump over a man on my motorbike. And I've roomed around the ring about five times. And then I didn't jump over the man. I jumped onto the man. One, two, three. <laughs> Just a twist. A twist. Now, usually, I would go to a regular hotel after a show. Uh, you went to an old-timey hotel? Well, I kind of did. Uh, luckily, my good buddy, Cole Radrick, he's in town for the Detroit show, doing a death match with Crazy King the next day, which, like, uh, good luck to him. He's dealing with a with a crazy, like, weird cut infection thing right now from that. Oh, God. It happens sometimes. You do 100 matches, you don't know what could happen. Uh, I wish him only the greatest. If you want to go buy some Cole Radrick merch and support him, it'd be lovely. But I think he has to take a weekend off of wrestling. But he said, yo, let me get into town. I, said, I need to give you your key back. I need to give you your key back, which I got. Thank God. He's had it for a few weeks. Um, but I got a comped room, thanks to my good friend Gerald, at the Greektown Hollywood Casino. Ooh. And so I said, let's just, we're staying at the casino. I got an executive suite at the casino. Let's just vibe and check this out. Detroit on a Thursday night before SummerSlam at the casino, having some snacks, got some Taco Bell from the DoorDash, uh, walked the casino a little bit. Now, I want you to be proud of me, Peter. I went around. I said, we'll do a little gambling, right? Went downstairs. I gambled $20. And that was it. Damn. I play, I played $20, and then I wanted to go play craps, and the tables were full, and the machines were broken, and I said, this is a sign from heaven that I am not going to gamble anymore tonight. And I did not, in fact, gamble anymore. And me and Cole, we had a great talk. We chatted, and then we had to wake up very early, and we picked up Ref Scarlett Donovan at the airport coming in from the West Coast because it was time for GCW in Detroit. Now, this portion of Detroit we were in at the Greektown Hollywood Casino, this Greektown area, a lot of cool bars, a lot of cool nightlife, a lot of cool casinos. The rest of Detroit, love y'all, desolation, uh, as I would call it, a food drought. Uh, I slept in a little bit after we picked her up from the airport because it was so early, but then I made my way to the show and I needed a few things. I needed a cheeseburger which I found five miles from the venue at a Wendy's that thank God was there. Like, it's like, there's just buildings that are falling down and there's just nothing in between stuff. And you don't know where people work at all or if they do. And I listen, general strike, pretty easy in Detroit. Doesn't look like there's anywhere to work. Uh, but after I went to Wendy's, I said, I need to go get a vape, right? So I go in this gas station and you've seen the film Candyman, right? You know how the bees are always appearing? You haven't seen Candyman, mm -mm. the original or the new? Mm -mm. All right, well, the original's sick, but the new one is even sicker, and it is disgusting okay. and brutal and awesome. And the twist is that Candyman is not... Well, you'll... Either way, bees show up when Candyman is near, okay? 
I went in this gas station and there were just bees in it. Like, you know, like sometimes you go to a gas station and there's flies. But it's bees. But it's bees. And at it's first I was good. like, those are big flies. And I was like, those are bees. And not like three bees. Like there were 10 bees around this gas station and nobody was even batting an eye. And I was like, is the candy man here? Is this, am I missing something? I also bought the weirdest vape flavor that you wouldn't even try there. Uh, coconut banana. Yeah, I'm good. I, I'm good. I listen. I have reduced my sweets intake a little bit. But if I can get a weird custardy dessert flavored vape, it'll help me even more. And I was just sucking on that coconut banana all night. And it was it was a lot. Uh, the bees. The bees were just tripping me out, man. There's bees in the gas station. What am I supposed to do? There's people just kind of like swatting the bees. And I'm going like, these are bees. There's bees in here. Folks, there's is, is anyone else seeing this? Is this uh am I imagining something? Is the candy man gonna get me with his big hook hand? I don't know. It's Detroit. It could happen. The only restaurants in Detroit that are not Wendy's are Coney Dog stands. There are so many chili dog stands, you wouldn't even believe it if I showed you. Everywhere you go, chili dog stands. That's all there is. Chili dogs everywhere. There's the only food in Detroit, chili dogs. I, I, are the chili dogs good? Yeah, they're delicious, but how many chili dogs can you eat before you need like a vegetable? Yeah. I don't know. It's just chili dogs and fries and chili fries, chili cheese I mean, fries. Chili has beans in it. That's a vegetable. Sometimes. 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 I think beans beans are kind of vegetables, but they're also like legumes. Is that legumes. what it is? Legumes. Is that a French word? Sure. Legumes. Uh it sounds like a cool gang. Like if you're in the legume gang. What would be the opposing gang? Who uh, would the legumes get into? Who's the rival gang? The peanuts. <laughs> I guess peanuts are legumes. Is that true? Yes. Let's say yes. I don't want to look it up. I always say that I stay in the South for the biscuits and gravy, but really it's also the boiled peanuts. Yeah. I'm obsessed with boiled peanuts. Damn. If I see a stand on the side of the road with a big old icky pot and they've been boiling them Cajun peanuts... I'm getting a whole fucking quart of bold peanuts. I will eat those all day. Depending on where you are, it might take you a while to get home. There's a lot of a lot of those stands. There are a lot of those stands. You have to pick and thank, choose. Thank goodness you're not stopping at all the um, adult uh, stores on the oh way. Oh my gosh! Just and you know what? You know why I'm not? Because I know they're trying to entrap me. Okay. <laughs> I love I love boiled peanuts. I will. We should go get some boiled peanuts. For for those that don't live in the South, uh, there is miles where it is nothing but boiled peanuts yeah. and um, fireworks and uh, porno spots. Porno spots, boiled peanuts, fireworks. You're and 100% correct. Billboards that have Jesus with like AR-15s. Oh, yeah. Like, I'll be back soon with the explosions and the soldiers. <laughs> yeah. And Jesus is just like, yeah, that's my fucking life. I think it's uh, it's indicative of how mentally... Uh, tortured many of these people are uh, that fireworks pornography peanuts and the scripture of Christ I also love those billboards that are uh, they just say the word Jesus and there's really nothing else because in my mind I'm sitting here going how many people have driven by this sign and said wait a second who 
and then they Google it, and then they find Jesus in their heart because of a billboard that says Jesus? Like, do you think there are people who are like, actually, I wouldn't know Jesus at all. I wouldn't have a relationship with our Lord and Savior if I hadn't seen that billboard with his name on it. Are you talking about the yellow signs yeah. with the black yeah. Jesus and Who's literally no other information on it? No that? other info. Not a website. Not a... Just Jesus, yellow and black. And I just like... Part of me is really excited that people are wasting money paying for billboards that just say Jesus because go fuck yourself. Nobody's finding Christ through this shit. And also, uh, put a little info on there. You know, doesn't he have a website? Does Jesus not have a website? Does he not have a Friendster? Does he not have a MySpace top eight? Probably a top 12 with those disciples. Maybe a top 13 if you include his, uh, I was about to use a bad word, his gay hag, <laughs> Mary Magdalene. Can I just, what if we don't, what if we don't have sex? And what if I just wash your feet again? Is that like intimate enough for you? I don't know. Me and Judas, we're going to like play games together later. And I don't know. I mean, you can come if you want, but like if I wash your feet now, maybe like maybe see you tomorrow. Cause we've like got a lot to do. We're writing, everybody's writing my words down and all that. So you might not, I don't know. It just might be boring for you, Mary Magdalene. If you come, you know. But I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll rub your feet if you're like, if that, yeah, no, I love you. I love you. I love you. But like, it's boys night. <laughs> boys night. And we just cleaned all our dresses. So, <laughs> all right, too much. Uh, the GCW show is very exciting. But I want to say this. Shout out to any fan who came and survived it because it was the hottest building. The hottest building I have ever been in. In years, in years, the hottest building I've been in, and (laughs) it's just the best noise because it sounds just like she's being tortured, and really, she's getting pet. (laughs) (laughs) Just so you know, that was Lucy inching closer to get to you and then me intervening. Yes, intervening. And little Bobby here, little Bobby here taking it in as well. (laughs) She makes some of the most interesting noises I've ever heard. Do you want to be over here, darling? Don't hurt yourself. She's having a time. I love her so much. She makes the greatest noises. And then sometimes she does a... Yeah, we know. We know. You're going through it, darling. You're going through it. The GCW show was so extremely hot that even when doors opened and I was out to do merch, I was already pouring buckets of sweat. Oh, God. I yelled at Allie because she was trying to call the match in the ring with the lights on the ring. And I said, what are you doing? She's like, we're working the match out. And I said, I'm not getting in there until I have to. It's so hot. And there's spotlights on the middle of this ring. This is insanity. I was chugging water all night. I did not pee one time. Like I said, I drank probably six bottles of water all night. I did not pee a single time. And... I, I was throwing a bit of a hissy fit. I know that there was later a conversation between Allie and Brett about me not smoking weed <laughs> because I was running around like a diva backstage going, why are we after the two death matches? Y'all better sweep the glass. 
I said, I'm not getting paid to get in the glass tonight. Y'all better sweep the glass. We were the semi-main event of the evening, which means I think we were match nine of ten, which is too many matches when it's that hot, and you're waiting around all night, and they've got to do time in between the death matches to clean everything up, and they still didn't get all of it up, so I have another glass welt on my back from just having a regular match. But we were against, at the time of this evening... Uh, I cannot say their legal name because it's not their legal name anymore. Oh, uh, the Cease and Desist Boys? The Cease and Desist Boys, or as I like to call them, the bros who once banged, or as I want to call them, um, the Bussy Banging Boys, because they did bang Bussy with their sick tag team maneuvers. And I want to say whatever's going on in Detroit that makes y'all hate Chicago so much, I love it. Because they were met with thunderous boos. And part of it's because you're against Bussy. Bussy's over. The people love Bussy. But part of it's because you're from Chicago. Because they were just chanting, Chicago sucks at these poor young men all night. We put together a ripper of a match. Uh, Me and Allie, we love working with these nice, I don't want to call them twinks, but they are. These twinks because we can pick them up so easily. And we did open the contest by picking up Augie Matthews in a vertical suplex and then passing him to each other. So I have him up. She tags herself in. And then I just pass him over to her as he's still standing up. That's really We are both so strong right now. And we are feeling our oats. And I was flexing out. And I was looking thick as a fucking biscuit out there. And as hot as it was, you know what made me very happy, Peter? I was not blown up even a little bit. I was soaking wet. I was running. I was overheated, but I was at no point out of breath. And it gets me so excited that my cardio is just like, for as thick as I am right now, my cardio is unmatched. I mean, I can get through anything and there's not even, I did that match the other day in Long Island and they were like, are you not blown up? And I was like, absolutely not. I feel great. And to be able to put that performance on and have other workers be like, you should be blown up. And I'm like, not even a tiny bit. The entire all of wrestling is going to get together and get Biden to pardon you just so we can go back to normal. You're telling me because I was back there yelling. Here's a few. Here's a few things I was yelling at this point in the night. One was about the deathmatch stuff. The other, there's a special appearance at the end of the show by Jeff Hardy, AEW superstar, former WWF champion, Jeff Hardy, And it's a pretty big deal. Like, he's a huge superstar. People love him. You know, I've been watching him since I was a child. Like, he's been wrestling since 1997, and it's 2023. And he's clean and sober now, and he's great. And he was doing a concert there that night. And so he was coming in to do a special guest appearance for GCW at the end of the night. And I was backstage screaming, I'm not taking my match long because Jeff Hardy's not here. I'm not stretching this shit out for Jeff Hardy. And it was not polite and not uh, at all needed. And it was it was very, you know, like it's yelling to the point of like people are like, I'm not going to approach him right now. He seems crazy. And. Brett and Allie had to have a talk of like, they should just let him smoke weed. Cause I was on one. I was feeling it. I was ready for my match. They're cleaning up the glass, but I know not as well as they should. Uh, and the worst part of it though, is I sweat like a fucking pig no matter what. And so to do some of those tag team maneuvers and some of the stuff that we were having to do and the amount of times I had to climb the fucking ropes, I was so wet. It was very difficult to balance on a lot of things because it's just moist everywhere. Yeah. And this particular canvas is not a canvas at all. It is like plastic tarp material. So it's wet. 
So you're just slipping, slipping and, and sliding. There was one point where they did their double spin spear, which I said, do you guys know the ambiguously gay duo? You remember the ambiguously yeah, gay duo? Yeah, Stephen You remember Colbert when they would roll in each other to get places? Yeah. So these the, the bros who do not bang do a get on the shoulders, roll through, split spear. It's a very cool move. But I was like, is it a reference to the ambiguously gay duo? And they were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, God damn it, these are children. They're like, they're 23. They have no concept of... The ambiguously gay duo while doing one of the main maneuvers of the ambiguously gay duo. Well, they hit me with that spear and you can see when I hit the ground, not only does the wetness just fly up, I go sliding. And this has happened before. I did the top rope powerbomb there with Gringo Loco. And when he hits it off the top, I land it perfectly. And then I slide about three feet and it's like real sketchy looking well it doesn't help that i was sliding on little bits of glass and someone on the outside was like be careful there's glass there when i was out on the outside and i said fuck it if i get cut they're paying me extra and that's my response to the fans it was here's also the mood i was in we won the match god bless bussy on a run um for whatever reason i just took my pants down and started flicking everybody off at the end screaming i'm a fucking legend so there's something I'm just a little on edge and crazy right now. And it was too hot in the room. And those people have been sitting in there for three and a half hours in this heat. And so it's like they were loud and up and responsive, but not enough for me, I guess, because I finish, we pin, I get up and pull my ass out and just start spinning in circles, flicking everyone off, screaming, I'm a fucking legend. It was I was in a mood. <laughs> I was in a fucking mood, Peter. Uh, but I was having the time of my life. I think people understand and people like to see me sort of unhinged, you know, no gods, no masters, no bosses. Effie is going to do what he wants and no (laughs) weed and no fucking weed. It's crazy. I'm in fucking purgatory right now. All right. So we have to mention, I got home Saturday. We went out for a nice little family dinner. We uh, we figured out the real indication of global warming at this moment is how fast does your ice cream melt? Holy shit. Now, now, Peter, I've been doing really good about not eating a lot of sweets, but we did. We went out for our Thai food. I had a delicious Mossman curry. AJ had a green curry. You had that wonderful chicken dish, like you said. We got some takoyaki uh, wheat octopus balls. We got some... They were crab rangoons but they were in a spring roll form oh my god so good and we were both like we could eat many of these the you know they only served the appetizer portion but it's like i would take these home and just eat them out of a bucket i wanted to unorder my food and get 10 orders of that (laughs) it was perfect with that little sweet sauce i don't know it was very exciting i love that restaurant it's so like hole in the wall but also like very well done and like the staff is just like queer and awesome and the food is fucking delicious. Like that cinnamon Mossman curry with those, they do the star cut potatoes, which just like, I don't know, it feels special to me. Uh, but we did go after to go get some ice cream from the little ice cream shop here in Little Five Points. And that ice cream melted so fucking fast. Like literally, you'd taken 10 steps out of the ice cream store and it is just dripping. Just is, are we looking at a future without ice cream? we will just have to eat our ice cream quicker very quick very quick it's the only reason i got a cup is because i saw where it was going yeah you guys both got cones and also not only did i get ice cream i got a slice of tiramisu cake too this is my problem with the sweets is i have an appetite okay and i'm not just gonna get one thing so i got a double scoop of strawberry cheesecake 
and a slice of tiramisu cake, both phenomenal. I did have a little bit of space in between uh, eating the cake, but I ate the cake right when I watched that film that we discussed in the mini-sode, Close. Yeah. So I was just eating tiramisu cake and crying. Just fucking, just just a sad time. And you know what? It's joyful sadness. It's chosen sadness. Yeah. Like I'm, it's not sadness because someone's calling me and surprising me with bad news. It's just sadness because like, you just, what a fucking story. Mm. Uh, listen to the mini-sode, weekendatfes.com. Uh, I don't even remember what I did Sunday. I think I streamed. I think I went to the gym. I think I organized some merch. I'm shipping out some orders today. Uh, I need those moments to have a little bit of time off. Because as you know, Peter, coming up, there's not much time off for Effie. Uh, just to put it into perspective, and really, uh, just so I can bombard you with it here live, I go from Australia to being home two days, to going to Chicago for Starcast, to being home, to doing the Mall of America, to Brooklyn, then to being home, to going straight to England, straight to Germany. I've cut one of the dates off of the european tour because i could not be gone another week uh after that though there's a 10-day period i go to japan you're going to japan again yeah how did i miss this much shorter tour this time but it will be the gcw debut in cork and hall okay i got to wrestle in cork and hall you for were big talking japan about that the other day and it sounded like a metaphor which is... no not a metaphor going back to japan <laughs> to do some wrestling and then I come home, I do Los Angeles, and then I immediately do a show here in Atlanta at the Eastern. And I, I'm so excited for I'm that. sure people can figure out the details, but it is a musical wrestling crossover event with a very cool band, and I get to go wrestle. You know what's crazy? Last time I came home from Japan, I went to the Eastern, and I saw Father John Misty on Fungus. And now I get to come home from Japan and go to the Eastern. And you are fungus. And I am fungus. And I'm going to wrestle in this beautiful former dairy basement that is... Carly Rae Jepsen played there, too. And I love it. A lot of bands have played there. I love her. The loveliest time is on my full rotation Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. I... Carly Rae Jepsen, for someone that a lot of people know as a one-hit wonder, has some of the best pop tracks of this fucking decade. If you think it's just call me maybe, go educate yourself. Yeah, you're a fool. And also, she's perfect. And she is incredible. Who else could have both the Biebs, Justin Bieber, and Tom Hanks in a music video? I think she's the only one. And Tom Hanks is not real. So actually, if you just pay the fee, they'll CGI him into whatever you want. Which is why he's now the co-host of our podcast, Oh, it's me, Tom Hanks. I played Mr. Rogers. I got stuck in a terminal. I'm an old man named Otto. I'm you know, Captain he's related Phillips. to Fred Rogers. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, now I'm going to get conspiratorial. Conspiratorial? Conspiratorial. Yeah, I, uh, I, I made a falsehood claim about how I didn't like Mr. Rogers one day. Because, and here's my reasoning. Did we talk about this? No, you've expressed your deep feelings on the fantasy characters of Mr. Rogers. Because I think he's telling kids to deal with their societal issues by making up characters in a fantasy way instead of actually just dealing with them. Um, But it is nice to know that Lady Elaine uh, Fairchild is Mr. Rogers' cross-dressing character. 
mm-hmm. you know, in his heart. Mm-hmm. He's a little Daniel Tiger, and he's also a pompous King Friday the 13th. Yeah, but what if he took his shoes and cardening off and put on them like an evening gown? I think it'd be beautiful. I think it'd be lovely. Put a little makeup on, feed the fish, talk to the talk to the neighbors. Uh, who was the mailman? He had a oh. cool name. Oh, he was always bringing the mail. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Shout out, Mister Rogers. What's up with him these days? Heaven? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Let's do some questions. Let's do some questions. Okay. Uh, any thoughts on the Alabama Riverboat Brawl video that recently went viral? This is from Miguel. Fuck around and find out. I'm so happy that white people are learning about consequence. It's only taken them 10,000 years. But, yeah, I think, uh, I think, listen, if I'm in public, if there, let me just say this. If there's, like, a fight and some white people are starting some shit in public and I somehow... I'm just near enough. Like I obviously would not be fighting people racially in public, but if I'm near enough to where I get swung on just because I'm too close, it's fine by me. Right? Like, yeah, my ancestors have earned it and I'm not going to complain. So like, if it helps y'all get everything else handled, swing, swing away. Just like Joaquin Phoenix and signs, except for it's not aliens or demons. It's white people. It's white people who are both aliens and demons. The Anunnaki has bred white people on this planet. I'm sorry to tell y'all. Okay. This is from Rob. Any tips or tricks for having a good work-life balance? (laughs) You have to force it. I have a terrible work-life balance right now. Uh, Someone told me, why don't you just take a break from shows for a while? And I was like, I would cease to function. I have like bills and things. Um, I have tried to really split between wrestling being my job, which it is. Like, I even had this conversation with Speedball. He was like, what else do you do? Like, what's your other job? And I was like, what are you talking about, Speedball? Look at our schedules. This is all we have time to do. Like, (laughs) I don't ever want wrestling when I'm in the ring, when I'm putting together matches to feel like it's just like my day job at the moment. Like obviously getting there to travel, all of that stuff, I consider the day job. But then the privilege at the day, at the end of the day, is to get to get in the ring and express myself through this beautiful physical art. And so I have been trying to balance making sure, even though it's my job, that I'm not treating it functionally as just a job because I've been around too many of those old school legends who are like still having to take bookings and still having to get in the ring and they don't want to. And it's very lazy and they're not trying. I don't ever want that to be like, well, I just got to get through it tonight. Uh, so there's a balance to that that works, but as far as work life balance, um, I don't, I, I have a lot of friends per se. I don't hang out with people in a friendship setting. And I think that's something I need to work on a little bit. I have to fight myself on it because I get to get paid to work. I mean, I get to get paid to hang out with just some of the coolest people I've ever met. But I do think that I need to have a separation where I'm functionally having friend time with with just more than Peter and AJ. Because that's really like as much as I'm going to give anybody. And then I'm going to go back out of town and see my other people, you know? It is is fun to sort of see a poster get released and know what friends you're going to get to hang out with or figure out like who's on this tour, who's on that tour, like where are you going to be there? And knowing you can build these sort of summer camp bonds with people while you're both out doing your job. But it would be nice to have friends that are not there just because we're doing the same job uh, and we can just hang out, you know? I think we do a lot of work together, Peter, but I think your friendship has been very important to helping that balance somewhat. And also you're someone who I can just like 
yell into the atmosphere at about stuff that doesn't really affect you or matter to you. And it's a great, not that you're just a venting point for me, but it's, that's a very helpful part of, you know, being around. Like last night I was in a mood and I was screaming a little bit in my mind. AJ would say it was screaming. <laughs> um, I don't think he's ever heard me actually scream, but it was just very like my voice was up and I was mad about things. Yeah. And I sort of need an objective person who's like, you're not going to have extra to say about your experiences and the exact same thing to stop me. And no. I hope I can be that for you too. It, when, you know, you, you, everyone needs someone to just listen to them and not. Yes. You, the, the feedback is not the important thing there. Yes. I just need to be heard for a moment. And I also, in that capacity. I know your Mars sign and I know that as soon as it's out of your speech it's done at that point yeah like it's i'm not holding on to it no. anymore it's very people will still bring up when i roasted gabe and really i was over it as soon as i said it yeah. like it's i said it i said my piece it's out there and now i don't i don't really care i said what's up to him at a show you know so it's very like once it's out it's out yeah um so thank you for helping me get it out of and, course uh work-life balance i hope you can find a solution and get back to me yeah, the I, the only advice I have there is um, normalize bailing on things on the day of. Yeah, it's not fun to hang out with someone that does not have the capacity for said thing. I don't know. I feel like you you need to have the time to yourself so you can be out in the world again. And also, I think we put more pressure on like, well, if I'm not there, it's probably not going to be fun for everyone else. And that's a really dumb sort of thing to put on when sometimes you just need to bail. I think about like if I get somewhere and I'm like, oh, wasn't so-and-so supposed to be here? And they're like, oh, they didn't make it. It doesn't affect me even a little bit. So it's like you kind of have to like objectively look at like, am I really ruining anybody's day by not doing this? You know, obviously put the effort in and don't bail on everything. But you're more important sometimes than doing something just to please others. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be in a good mood when I get there and I'm only there because I'm worried people will be mad if I'm not there. You nah. know? Nah. That just makes it, it makes it worse for everyone else. Uh, okay. This is from Emily. Advice on types of places to socialize when you don't drink. Would also love to hear about your experiences not drinking around people that do drink if you want to talk about it. Uh, bowling. Yeah. I know there's a lot of drinking at bowling, but it's something to do with my hands. And it's something where, like, it's not a real sport in the sense that I'm really worried about my score. And I just get to keep kind of the ADHD in me loves that every few minutes I get to get up and do something different. Yeah. So bowling has always been great. I went bowling a lot alone when I was first getting off the sauce because I just got to throw something at something and I could hear it and feel it and it had weight and it felt like I was doing something. But now in a social setting, like, I always love bowling because. You're not too stuck on any one thing for too long. Other people can drink if they want. I've sort of had to like forget people drink at all um, because obviously we're all going to be drinking some kind of liquid, but I just pretend I don't even know that there's booze yeah. even happening anymore. Yeah. You know, it's not something where I'm like, oh, what if I try that? I will say you can't just pick up anybody's beverage because sometimes what looks like Sprite uh, is not, especially this weekend. I asked Allie, I was like, what is in this cup? And she was like, it's just Topo Chico. Cause it really looks like a vodka water or something. She's like, it is just Topo Chico. And I like had to ask four times before I took a sip, but I was very thirsty, but yeah, you can't just pick up drinks. I have picked up a drink before and started to take a sip. And then I've just spit all over someone's floor. And I'm not sorry for that. Cause I didn't know it was booze in there. And I don't want that shit in my mouth. Uh, I don't have any desire to drink anymore. I don't know what point that hit at. I have a desire to smoke weed, very much so. That has not gone away. Maybe it will eventually. I hope it doesn't. It's a different thing. But I don't I don't have the desire to drink anymore because I like having 
I'm a control freak, and it's the only real drug where I don't have physical control over everything. Obviously, there are things where you're like a little out of it or a little wild or a little feeling a strange way, but in that sense, it lets the ego take over almost completely mm-hmm. when you drink at that rate, and it's not something I'm interested in. So I don't know, you know, just uh, bring your own beverages, bring interesting beverages. I always bring, you know, cute seltzers if I can. Um, I don't like the zero beers. I just don't think beer is a flavor I'm into anymore. It was a functional flavor at the time. Like I was never like, oh, the flavor of beer. And I just don't need functional flavors in my life like that that are reminders. So just like bring the fun drinks you have. Don't assume they'll have it. And, you know, at 10 Diet Cokes, you probably are okay. Yeah. I've drank a lot of Diet Coke going out with people. It's Most a, bars will give it to you for free, though. It, uh, the You get a kind of a mixed bag on people's reaction to it. Some people will feel incredibly judged, even though it has absolutely nothing to do with them. Right. And you just have to let that be their thing. Um, but, like, ab- sweethearts, like your boyfriend, I have run into people that will go, I know Peter doesn't drink. Here's all the non-alcoholic beverages. I made sure to have something yes. for you if we're having a party or something like that. And that is one of the kindest things that anyone can do. Um, I think he's very sweet in that capacity, but that boy so, will drink a beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will also say I still get people who like, I'll be at a function or I'll be at somewhere after hours or you know after a show or something, and they're still very surprised that I don't drink. Like They'll be like, oh, you want this? And I'll be like, I don't drink. And they're like, What? Just because, like, they expect if you're acting a certain way, you must be drunk. Right. I'm not drunk, and I do still act that certain way. And I will say, not drinking, there was very normalized not drinking Taylor, and then there was drunk Taylor. And since I don't turn into drunk Taylor anymore, those two have normalized together, and I've just become an even weirder son of a bitch through the whole process. Okay, this is also from Emily, but this is for me. Peter, what are you excited about with your photography lately or future ideas? Um, that has been like a child that I have abandoned at a train station somewhere in the past um, that I will be returning to said train station and picking <laughs> up and bringing back home. Well, I don't think it's like a child. I don't think it's grown without you, but it's also like fine no, to like not grown. to like go, okay, I don't need this right now. And you also were in a situation where most of the time that you were spending with photography was for photographing things you didn't really want to photograph. Mm-hmm. So additionally, like using it as a hobby or as a portal to enjoyment or just art is not as easy when you constantly have to do it for others in a capacity that isn't interesting or fun for you. So sometimes you just got to like step away a little bit. I think I'm not answering for you. No, you've nailed it perfectly. I just, I needed a bunch of space from it. It is to the point now where I miss it more than anything in the entire world. Um, And I'm excited to hop back into it, but I also have like 200, 250 new pieces that no one has seen yet that I've just been quietly working on for the past like two years. I love that. Um, so there will be some stuff on that soon. It's just I've needed to reorient in my head how everything is working. I think that's beautiful. I think that's uh, decisive to do. And uh, you're not being controlled by anyone other than yourself and picking your art out well and lucy of course listen you still take some beautiful pictures of these dogs and anybody who thinks it's not a skill to take photographs 
look at the differences in pictures I take of the dogs and pictures that uh, Peter takes of the dogs. I took a Polaroid picture of me and Lucy together the other day, and I think AJ stole it. But it is so cute. I got to get you a copy. Aww, it's us laying on the that. couch together from love, love just being cute. I was like, let's test this camera out, Lucy. And she's cute, and she's showing her little eyes, and I still have a beard. Okay. She's very, very photographic. She photogenic. really, really is. She's perfect. She is my my whole heart. Oh. Uh, this is from Miguel. What is the process of figuring out, planning, and executing the menu at big gay brunches? Put it in the hands of someone else. So, uh, like Dallas, for instance, they were already serving food at the venue and booze, and I said, I'm not going to complicate this. Uh, Los Angeles, I went to the lady who runs the Ukrainian Center's food, and she came up with a breakfast menu for us to do that there. The past two Chicago's, including the one coming up, uh, Megan, my good friend Megan, who is getting married the week before the brunch, she put together that brunch menu. Um, and luckily, we, you know, through trial and error, have figured out a little bit of a an easier way to do it this year. Some dishes are returning, some dishes are not returning, uh, and it's going to be a little functionally easier to get in line and get your food. Those are one of the few instances where I have like a real caterer coming in. Um, but there was a heated conversation between myself and Brett when I had to go get McDonald's at one of the brunches and it was embarrassing for me, but I still wanted there to be food and we still raised money for a gay charity by doing it that way, which is, it is what it is. But now it's sort of like the gays have an expectation of good brunch. I have an expectation of good brunch. And I think having someone like Megan in charge of it and being able to say, Hey, if you want to participate in this, we need to know up front, we're selling the tickets for the first time, like beforehand so you can get the brunch ticket early and we're not going to be selling brunch tickets that day we're sort of like building the menu to fit the people that are buying the ticket so um it's it's foods that i express that i enjoy uh especially brunch wise but i will say the los angeles brunch she had the mexican breakfast tacos and that sort of fun flavorful menu that i could not make on my own that i'm very fascinated and deliciously uh in love with uh, I will say one year I would like to have some traditional chilaquiles. It's my favorite Mexican breakfast dish. You ever have chilaquiles? I don't think so. You cook the tortilla chips down in the salsa sauce, and you, then you add like a meat, and you put eggs on top of it, and it's like soft tortillas in the sauce, and then you just scoop it all up, and it's kind of sloppy awesome. and so good. Yeah. And Yeah, and you get those thick tortillas, so they just kind of soak all that sauce up, and it's like a corn casserole almost that's made in a pan. I love it. Chilequiles. Okay, this is from Julie Alexander. Effie, how do you feel about Ali's upcoming marriage to TJ Dunn? JT Dunn. J- I want to say this. Um, no one's paying me enough to give a shit, and no one's paying me to go to their wedding. Uh, Ali, sometimes you have good, good taste in men. Sometimes you don't. Um, I've seen your actions up at Wrestling Revolver, and I'm always in your corner, but... Whenever you're around this guy, you guys are both kind of acting like big pieces of shit. So I can't, I can't say I expect it to last, really. And I love her, uh, but you know, it's uh, it seems like there's some scheming going on that I'm not fully in in tune with or aware of, and it seems like things have been delayed quite a bit in getting actually married. And she says it's because they can't find the perfect venue or date. But I think it's because she's making other sorts of demands of him as a partner in crime, if you will. And so uh, I would be hesitant of their relationship entirely. 
And you know what? I would happily uh, promote the relationship for the right payday. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. But so far, that payday has not come. And so I can't say I have high expectations for Allie and JT Dunn. But you know what? Maybe it's a match made in heaven. Or maybe, you know, there's a scheme going on that I don't quite understand. Okay, this is from Jerry. Uh, more of a request for the Patreon than a question, but anyway, we can get the Patreon cosmic updates again with the spiritual forecast. Those are very helpful. Those will be coming back when Ooh, we shift the Patreon. When we do the around. shift, going to do big monthly updates of all the big stuff that's happening. I so. love that we're doing a big monthly update shift. There won't be that much change. There will be a little bit more in the segmentation of what you're going to get at the different lovers, level levels. But uh, yeah, I think that's good. And I will exclusively be writing the cosmic um, update. I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> what a disaster that would be. I don't, the Mercury moons. I don't even know what to say anymore. Uh, listen, I'm relying on Peter as much as anyone else is on these cosmic updates. And sometimes I just need to say, what the fuck is happening? And Peter has been kind in helping me as best I can. And uh, hopefully we can get back to being helpful on the Patreon as well. Thank you all for supporting the Patreon, WeekendAtEffies.com. What a time to be alive. Uh, shout out Lucy. Shout out Bebop. Shout out Cranberry. And uh, shout out to you, Peter. Anything else you'd like to add? We have two more questions. Oh, shit. Do you want to get to them? Yeah, fuck okay. yeah. Um, okay, this is from Julie Scott. For Effie, everyone seemed excited about the unexpected AEW presence at Gen Con, and it sounded like your con signing experience last week was positive. Do you think we'll see you do more signing or hosting at events in the future? I hope so, but I have to get over this weird caveat in my mind that feels like if I'm showing up somewhere and not falling on my head, I'm not doing my job all the way. I will say having little kids come up to me and be like, we know you from this cartoon was like really warmed my heart all the way through. And I think there's, I think we're missing out a little bit on some audience members that we could bring into wrestling through these capacities and through kind of meeting them at the cons. I unfortunately was asked to come do a signing at Dragon Con in Atlanta this year, but we will be in Chicago for the whole time. So I'm not going to be able to make it to that, but I would love to do more cons where I don't have to fall down all the time, but I also want to make it, you know, like I just got to get over the thing in my head that says it's not worth their money to bring in Effie if he's not falling down because it is. And there were a lot of people excited to meet me and I had a really good time. Um, and I think, you know, doing stuff like Starcast that is more of a wrestling centered con makes more sense in my head. But I do think that we are missing out because there are people who watched me on Dead and Paranormal Park. There are people who know me as Asmodeus and I want them to come see the real version of me as well and be able to find me in uh, my everyday capacity because I think it will bring them even more joy. I don't think they know we exist a lot of the time. So it's a good crossover to get more people involved in what we're doing out here, you know? Okay, last question. This one's going to be difficult. This is from Peter. What was your favorite movie at age 10, 17, and currently? Oh, oh no. This is difficult. Uh, what year did A Bug's Life come out? Uh, let's see. I feel like that's my first. My first question is, what year did A Bug's Life come out?
Okay, so 10 would be A Bug's Life. Okay. Um, but also, like, I keep going back to the fact that when I saw, when I saw Kevin Costner's Untouchables, I... When I saw Kevin Costner in The Untouchables, me and my friends spent a few months dressing up in trench coats, pretending we were Kevin Costner's gang-busting crew. So I don't know. Like, that's up there for me, too. And I would have probably answered that as my favorite movie for a while. 17, 2017... Oh, this is difficult. We're ending on a difficult question. Yeah. Um, okay, my ten-year-old. Okay, one good. I'm would glad you're Super in. Cop with Jackie Chan. That's a real movie. Yeah, you never All seen Super Cops Super are Cop? bastards. <laughs> I've never seen Super Cop with Jackie Chan. Maybe Shanghai Nights. That's that's an okay. I I like the the Hong Kong Jackie Chan movies. Is he he's in Hong Kong in this movie? Well, like all the Chinese produced stuff, not the not when he was not doing when he went show to the Americans. Owen Wilson. I have not seen Supercop. I love Owen Wilson. Oh wow. Um. Okay. Seventeen would have to be like Donnie Darko or some shit like that. That makes sense. I don't know if you would have asked me, I would have been like Requiem for a Dream, just because I was a. That was a one and done for me, pal. Edgy teenager. Yeah, edgy teen, edgy teen movies. Oh, let's see. Hold up. Let's put this out. And then currently, currently it would probably have to be Bo. It's Bo. Yeah, currently it's Bo is Afraid. There's no other movies. It's the only film. Um, I don't know what else to tell you people. Go watch Bo is Afraid. I can't. It's three hours of your life. You'll never get back, and thank God. And it's a long three hours. It's not not (laughs) Yeah, no, it doesn't breeze by. What? I just want to point out, Killing of a Sacred Deer did come out in 2017. Really loved that. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say it was my favorite movie, but I really enjoyed... I enjoy any movie that's two hours that leads up to kind Not of a hilarious joke. 17, age 17. Oh, I guess that'd be 2007. I mean, obviously it doesn't have to come out in 2007, but... Honestly... I'm gonna say at that point probably one of the Lord of the Rings movies. Probably one of the they Lord fucking of the Rings rip. movies. Yeah, yeah, those movies yeah. rip Ultimate forever. Uh, or Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, which I think is the only Star Wars movie worth actually rewatching. Hot take. Huh? Yeah, I don't think any other Star Wars movies need to be rewatched. I think everything is sort of handled in Revenge of the Sith, and it has the coolest scenes, the coolest set pieces, the coolest growth of characters. Uh, and you know what, Anakin, I have the high ground. That's all I got to say. General Grievous. Oh, hello there. Yeah, Ewan McGregor. You got Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker turning into Darth Vader. You got Padme getting all worked up and dying. You got Yoga. Yoga Pants. What's his name? Yoga Pants. Yoga Pants. You know, going into hiding. You got Palpatine looking all weird and crusty. You got Mace Windu dying. I mean, come on. The only thing that movie's missing is pod racing. It even has Jar Jar Binks. But, you know, episode one, a lot of people didn't like that movie. The movie fucking ripped. Attack of the Clones? I don't give a fuck. All right? A New Hope? Seen it. Empire Strikes Back? You're not going to cliffhang my ass. Return of the Jedi? Y'all got corny ass teddy bears in there. Revenge of the motherfucking Sith. That's the film. Or Lord of the Rings. I don't know. One of the two. Probably Revenge of the Sith now that I'm talking it out. 
That movie fucking rules. I'll watch it right now. I live tweeted it one night. I own it on DVD and then I got rid of the DVD. I sold it. Someone told me last week, they said, you're going to regret selling all of your items, like selling all of your boots and trunks and memorabilia. And I said, I think we're different people. (laughs) I don't hold on to physical items. I remember what happened. And one day when I don't remember, I won't need to because I'll have dementia.